0: More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck,
1: And I'm Lisa Popcheck, And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, blowing things up. Are you, or is someone you know, struggling with anger? We're going to help you get past the explosions and find the path to peace. The number, 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body uh, reveals how you can actually
2: achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful.
1: Now, Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior.
2: Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the Body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety.
1: Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen.
3: The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to Life.
1: Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak.
2: And I'm Lisa Popchak. And
1: today on More to
2: Life, we are talking
1: about anger on our show titled Blowing Things Up. Is anger complicating your life? Do you feel like you're being provoked to anger by someone in your life? Maybe you're tired of discussions blowing up or having to deal with conflict and tension that's messing up your life and relationships. Well, or for that matter, if you're in a relationship with someone, who takes their anger out mm-hmm. on you or struggles with anger in general, let us help you make peace with anger. The number is eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. Again, that number eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Let us help you manage those blow ups in your life and relationships.
2: You know, none of us are very comfortable. With anger or conflict in any way, but especially when it blows up, as we're talking about in our title today, it, I think even when we see Jesus getting angry and turning over the tables of the money changers in the temple, we all kind of stiffen and our shoulders go up, and we're saying, "Wait a minute, this doesn't feel right to be coming from Jesus."
1: Well, here's an interesting thing about that passage, though. If you actually go re- read the gospel, yeah, you know, the the the. Implication we all get from it was that Jesus kind of lashed out, lost it. But he Jesus lost it. couldn't
2: have lost it, right? Because he was well, sinless and, he, and,
1: and he didn't. He was upset about what he saw, and he actually took time to make a whip. <laughs> right? He he took the time to sit down and weave together a whip that he then went and used. So you know, the point of that passage though is 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 that he was very intentional about the, the way he was expressing that anger. It wasn't just that he lost it in the moment. He, he really thought about what he needed to do to affect the change. And, and by the way, you know, since, we, since you brought that up, you know, what, wh- where that happened was in the outer court of the temple, which was traditionally known as the court of the Gentiles. It was the only court of the temple that Gentiles were allowed into. And the money changers were clogging it all up. So the Gentiles couldn't come in. So the idea, he was casting out the money changers to let the world, in to encounter God
2: well and I think that is such an important point in all of this because he didn't hurt those people with that whip but he drove them as you would drive out a a predator to your sheep out of that area to allow for God's grace to come in for allowing God's people to come in and as you said Greg it was thought out it was something that wasn't rash it wasn't a losing it moment But even in being able to trust our Lord who was sinless in that moment where we see in scripture that he's angry, most of us feel uncomfortable because those of us who are sinners, namely everybody else who's living on the planet at the moment, don't often handle unjust things well and with grace. We normally either shut down in our anger or we express it in a way that's complicated that's imperfect that's often really messy and whether we're the ones spewing the anger or we're the ones receiving that from somebody else it's uncomfortable it's difficult to sometimes heal from we don't really know what to do with it in the moment or in the aftermath and that's what we're here to help you with today and we're talking about all sorts of anger here whether it's your toddler who's just losing it and having those tantrums or it's you not being able to deal with those moments in life that just take you off kilter and make you feel angry or upset or out of control or it's somebody else in your life that you care about or have to live in proximity to and you're saying what do I do with this because when that anger comes at me I don't know how to handle it with grace. I don't know how to stay in my best self. I don't know how to connect with God. I just react and I don't know how to deal with all of that. If you're struggling with that or someone you know is, we're here to help you on More to Life today. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573. 7825
1: Incidentally a lot of the advice that we're going to be giving on today's program is drawn from my book Broken Gods Hope, Healing and the Seven Longings of the Human Heart. In that book I take a look at the seven deadly sins including the sin of wrath and and look at what are the divine longings that Satan is twisting into those seven deadly sins and how do we meet those needs in a way that is healthy? And holy so for example the need behind the sin of wrath the divine longing behind the sin of wrath is justice a longing for justice a longing that right order would be established that wrongs would be righted that wounds would be healed um, and so that longing for justice is is very godly and healthy but Satan can twist that in us and cause us to express that longing for justice in ways that are wrathful now what's the difference between wrath and anger. You know, there is righteous anger. Not, uh, not all expressions of anger are sinful.
2: Well, as we saw in the, the gospel with Jesus driving out the money changers, right. it was a righteous movement. But what of... made it
1: righteous? Because it was pretty over the top,
2: mm-hmm. right? So you yeah. know, how,
1: how do we know that, that that a particular expression of anger is, is righteous versus wrathful? Well here's the difference. Righteous anger, you know, is intended to address an, an actual offense and work for the good of the people involved. And to that end, it is an appropriate, proportionate and productive response. It's appropriate in the sense that, you know, it, it, um, it doesn't do something that undermines the dignity of the people around you. In fact, it it builds them up. Hopefully it's proportionate in that it, you know, the, the response fits the offense and it's productive in that it actually resolves a problem, doesn't just You know, it doesn't just vent your spleen about the problem, it actually creates an effective solution to the problem. So righteous anger is intended to to address an offense, is ordered to work for the good of everybody involved, and is appropriate, proportionate, and productive. Wrath on the other hand, is anger that is not directed at any particular offense, doesn't really care about the good of people, it's just about venting our spleen, and and the expression of it is inappropriate, disproportionate, and unproductive. Right So, the opposites so of the other thing: wrath pours gas on a fire, righteous anger actually puts out that fire by addressing the fuel that is feeding that fire and 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 extinguishing it in a healthy way, not just by repressing it but but actually putting the putting the wound out, addressing the injury that provoked that that spark. So you know, that's so just because you're angry doesn't mean you're sinning or committing the sin of wrath. But if you're expressing that anger in a way that's inappropriate, disproportionate, unproductive, and isn't really thoughtful about what, what the problem is you're trying to solve and intentional toward working to the good of people, well, yeah, then it becomes wrathful and, and and you end up making the problem worse. But that's what we're going to unpack in this show today. How do we express anger appropriately so that it gets the job done and is productive and and, and proportionate? You know, how do we deal with people who are giving into that sin of wrath? Uh, let, let us help you out, 877-573-7825 and, and as I said, a lot of the advice we're taking from today's program is drawn from my book, Broken Gods, Hope, Healing and the Seven Longings of the Human Heart, especially in the chapter on wrath.
2: And as we look at this topic of anger and wrath and what to do with it all, whether it's from us or coming to us from somewhere else. We see today that as we look at St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body that we know the world is not what it was created to be, but with God's grace, we can work to make it better. And it's what God asks us to do. Anger is the emotion that helps us to recognize injustice, as you were saying, Greg. But unfortunately, research shows us anger is a poor motivator for action. In order to be effective, we need to remember that anger isn't so much a call to action as it is that call to prayer. Because without prayer, anger can cause us to feel stuck, powerless, and perpetually outraged with no solutions in sight. The theology of the body reminds us that God created our bodies, including our emotions to work for our good, but because sin has separated us from God, we have to make a point of bringing things like anger back to God so he can teach us how to use it.
1: You know, when something upsets us, instead of giving into that anger and outrage, we need to bring that anger to God first and say, Lord, help me identify what exactly I'm upset about. Because it's too easy to say, well, I'm mad that they did this. Well, yeah, but why? What difference does it make to you that they did it? What are you upset about exactly? What is the nature of the problem, number one? Number two, help me gather the resources you've given me and help me make a plan for how I can glorify you, work for the good of everyone else involved, and be my best self in my response. Let me read that prayer again. Lord, help me identify the problem, gather the resources you've given me, and make a plan for how I can glorify you, work for the good of the people involved and lean into my best self in my response. The better we can be about managing our anger in this prayerful way, the more we can feel competent, confident and grace-filled in the presence of those situations and people that get under our skin. When we can I mean just imagine this this being able to master that process that when you get upset by somebody, whether it's That toddler Lisa was talking about earlier or Mm -hmm. that that adult who's acting like
2: a toddler Um, (laughs) (laughs) both are really hard to deal with but you do have to deal with each of them in slightly different ways
1: (laughs) but if you learn to master that process and you let God teach you to respond to your anger rather than reacting in anger just how powerful and effective you could be working for the good Of others working to resolve those wounds that create the anger working to identify those solutions That would help you be a real peacemaker.
2: Well, I wanted to say that because doing that Brings not just peace to the situation but peace to our own cells as opposed to What we usually do if we don't like anger and confrontation, we just pretend to be at peace. We just shut down. We won't deal with it. We just turn off. But brewing underneath, inside of us, because our souls are meant for right, order, and justice, Is this knowledge this gnawing of this is not right. This is not what I was meant for This is not what this person is meant for And if we're not working for the good of ourselves and each other in this situation the good of the other person It's going to fester and it's going to produce bad fruit So we need as Christians to step out of that action of just shutting down and thinking that's peace and working for real peace and justice.
1: Yeah, terrific points. Let's take our concerns to the Lord and we'll start taking your calls about your own anger and the angry people in your life and how to manage both more effectively and gracefully. 877-573-7825. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit.
2: Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Lord Jesus Christ, we struggle in our relationship with anger. Uh, We often get carried away by our own anger or are intimidated by anger and the idea of even being angry or others being angry at us, teach us to manage our anger well, not to repress it, not to stuff it down, not to get carried away by it, but to bring our anger to you and ask you to help us identify what the problem actually is, identify the resources that you've given to us to handle those problems and make a plan that would glorify you, work for the good of everyone involved, and help us be our best self as we respond to that problem. Help us to not see anger as a call to action, but rather as a call to prayer, to come to you, to sit at your feet, and to learn how to address those injustices, wounds, and problems in our lives in ways that actually help us build your kingdom instead of burning it down with the fuel that just adds to the fire. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name, of the, the
2: name the Father, of the Father, and the Son, Son and, the and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Pope St. John Paul the Great.
2: Pray for us.
1: Today our show is titled, Blowing Things Up, as we talk about anger. You know, are you struggling with anger, or is someone in your life wrestling with their anger? Maybe you're wrestling with it together. Uh, and we want to help you find peaceful, graceful ways to respond to that anger without shoving it down, without pretending it's not really a problem, and without getting carried away with that anger. Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825.
2: We're talking now with Kathleen, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Minnesota. Hi
1: there, Kathleen. Welcome to Mortal Life. What's going on?
2: Hi. Um, I'm taking really, really good notes as we,
3: as oh, we talk. Oh, sweetie.
2: You know, if you're taking really, really good notes, something here is really, really touching your soul and made you call in today. So tell us what's going on for you so we can help you out.
4: Yeah, well, we have um, a grandchild. Well, we have several, and the parents manage them very well, and they work with them. But one in particular is maybe around seven years old, and she seems to go from zero to 100 really quickly, um, are a lot of these suggestions that you're saying applicable to bring it down to like a seven-year-old level? Because I thought yep. they were, and they can use parts
3: sure. of them. but,
1: but let me let know, me walk you mean, through how to how to maybe approach this with her. Uh, um, yeah, no, I think I think that I think that the I don't need to. I was going to ask you maybe some follow-up questions, but but I think that, I, that what I'm going to share with you will, will work uh, for just about any situation. So. The key to this, okay, is, is talking to her when she's not angry, when she's not lashing out. You know, maybe you're having, you know, tea and cookies together or something. You know, <laughs> you're sitting down, you know, having a, a grandma-granddaughter moment. And you are and you, you want to be empathetic about this because most of the time kids don't like being angry. They, they don't like that feeling.
2: Right? Nobody does, but especially children who don't have... a. History of knowing I've made it through this before and I can make it through it again and and have the skills to calm down It's really frightening for children to feel that out of control. So
1: you want to start with that you want to say, you know I I I see that sometimes You you get angry and and that can't feel very good for you You know, I, I don't like when I feel angry and you must and it must be really hard for you, too uh, and, and, you know, she might say, well, uh-huh, or yeah, or I guess maybe, you know, just whatever. Just, just start it out in a sympathetic way is what I'm trying to get at. Not, not you know, shame on you for being angry. <laughs> just, oh, definitely. Right? But it's, you know, you, I, I, see, I see sometimes that you get really angry and it's hard for you to control it. And, and that must feel really kind of upsetting or even scary for you sometimes, huh? Well, let me help. And then you get her acknowledgement. And, well, let me, let me help you with this. I, I, had, I, I learned something that I wanted to share with you. Okay, now, Kathleen, I'm going to ask you to do something, and actually all of our listeners as well have done this on the air before, but you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a great technique. So And
2: it does work with a lot of children that we've talked
1: to. Very well. All right, so I want you to take your hand, humor me here, take your hand, whichever one, right, left, doesn't matter. I want you to tuck your thumb into your pond, palm, palm and fold your four fingers over top of it, like you're making a fist, but with your thumb st- inside your fist, okay? Now I want you to turn your knuckles toward your face. Now that is where, that is, now this is your brain, all right, it's a brain model and your two middle fingers there, that's where your eyes would be. Okay, so that's your front of your brain, right? So now, Matt, now the, the four fingers on top there, that's, that's your thinking brain, that's your cortex. Now imagine that there are two screws that are holding down those four fingers, just kind of keeping that cortex locked down tight. And then as you get stressed out and upset, those screws start to come loose, <laughs> right? We get a couple of loose screws up there <laughs> and, it to, and those four fingers start to shake and then slowly lift up those four fingers to expose your thumb. What that means is your cortex has gone offline. You've flipped your lid and now your limbic system, your emotional brain is running the show and that's your thumb. And as long as you're in that place, you can't think your way through a problem. You can just react. And that's what's happening to your granddaughter. So you can actually show her this hand brain model. This was developed by Dr. Dan Siegel at UCLA. Um, And it's a great way to explain how we kind of lose it, why we flip our lids. Uh, and, And so the goal here is to learn how to before we do anything or say anything, learn to calm down enough to bring those four fingers back down over the thumb so that our thinking brain can take all the feelings that we've got in that thumb and teach us how to direct that in healthy ways. It'll, the thinking brain is the one that, that, that stores all the learning that we have about how to express our anger appropriately. It's the, it's the part of the brain that helps us ask good questions to help us learn, but as long as our lid is flipped, we can't do anything about it except experience it and react to it.
2: But then, when you, once you've shown her this model, you begin talking her through ways that when she begins to feel like she's slipping her lid, she can calm down. So, coming to mom or dad or you for a hug taking some time to sit and color
1: you could even ask her what are the things that tend to cause your lid to flip let's write down those things and identify ways you could ask for help with those things before your lid gets flipped
2: so once you explain this process to her and have her do it with her own hand then you start talking about things you can do when you're starting to feel like you're a little out of control or that something is making you feel stressed out or how to bring it back down once you you have gotten to that place where you feel very angry. It's going to give her a sense of control and yeah. effectiveness and give you something both to work for rather than all the adults around her reacting to her anger and her feeling more and more out of control.
1: This is universally useful. Kids really take to it well. We've got to go to break, but I hope that these suggestions will get you started. Don't hesitate to call back again if you need some more support. 877-573-7825. When we come back, Father Thomas Loya of the Tabor Life Institute will be sharing some more insights on how how the theology of the body can help us deal with anger stick around underwritten in part by this not the prophet
4: are you looking for peace longing for joy want to meet the giver of all goodness God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world work for the new evangelization go to Lord teach to order your free digital training and manual find true happiness and everlasting joy go to Lord teach me to Pray.com and click on the red button today it's free, approved by the USCCB.
5: Brought to you by the nonprofit Seaton Home Study. Hi everybody, Dr. Ray andy here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seaton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plan, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seaton. Some of our children, I'll tell you this, Two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to seatonhome.org. Charity Mobile,
1: everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, And I'm Lisa Popcheck, And you're listening to the best of More to Life.
2: Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popcheck.
1: I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, And we're talking about anger today on More to Life. Joining us right now, Father Thomas Loya. He is a counselor, a pastor. Uh, and a Theology of the Body expert. He's here to share some insights about what the Theology of the Body can teach us about anger. Father Loya, welcome to More to Life. Thank you. Great being here. So we've been talking I, about uh, the differences between anger and and wrath, and, and you wanted to share a little bit about that as well, as well as talking about ways that we need to develop a healthier relationship with our anger.
6: Yes, wrath and uh, rage are can never be justified. You know, we we talk about the wrath of God, but even that is what you said earlier, uh, Dr. Gregory. He said that uh, even God's wrath, so-called wrath, is for correction, for for helping us, not just for getting even. So wrath, as you understand it, and uh, rage are never justifiable. What is, though, justifiable is something else you said I'd like to pick up on, that when we feel anger, that's a time for, you said time for prayer, yes. I'll also add to that, I call it like a psycho-spiritual detective work. In other words, we ask ourselves, the anger is indicating our belief system. So we go into the anger, we walk it back and say, okay, what am I trying to defend? What am I trying to protect? Should it be protected? Should it be protected in this way? Mm. Or should it just be dropped? Now, maybe it should be protected, but if it should be, then you do it, as you said, in the righteous way. It moves you to correct uh, behavior. Just like, for instance, I am angry that abortion is the way of our land, so what do I do? I get involved with pro-life activities. I don't scream and yell and you know, curse at people and get into rage, so that would be righteous anger. But you always want to walk it back and say, what am I trying to protect? Should it be protected? Most of the time, what we're trying to protect is really rooted in pride or ego or our own kind of agenda or other aspects within ourselves. The great St. Basil the Great said, we get angry because we think too much of ourselves, and that's oftentimes the case. It's like, how dare this happen to me? Why isn't this going my way? You're trying to protect something that is personal, based in pride, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, and if you can walk back, back, identify it, you can then calm it down and maybe even eliminate it. Okay, you know what? I shouldn't be protecting this. I mean, not, not protecting it in this way or to this degree that I'm in a rage and angry. And as G.K. Chesterton said, angels can fly because they take themselves lightly.
1: <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I want to <laughs> highlight something, though. You know, in both what we're talking about and your approach here, I think what's in common, especially, I mean, lots of things, but but the one thing that stands out to me is that we're we're both preaching an intentional approach to anger. It's not, I feel angry and then I kind of give that gift of anger to somebody else right away. I re-gift my anger. It's more, I, I, I accept that <laughs> gift of anger and I bring it to God and say, all right, Lord, teach me what to do with this gift of anger that I'm feeling in the presence of this problem and show me how to respond. Uh, would, would you agree with that? A- absolutely. Yes.
6: It's, it's really a choice. And because you're dealing, again, it's always the algebraic body, personalistic norm, you're dealing with persons, always a person, not just an issue not trying to win an argument or force something, force an outcome, uh, prove a point, uh, vent, you're dealing with a person. Person. Father William, thanks so much
1: for being with us. And if folks would like to learn more about your good work, they can go to TaborLife.org, T-A-B-O-R-Life.org. And we're taking your calls about anger at 877-573-7825. Back with your calls right after this. Are mobile
5: phones dangerous? I'm Chuck Gaetica and this is Journey Strong. Our phones have become an extension of our physical bodies and they emit radiation. Where you routinely place, hold or store your phone on your body is critical. Energy emitted from radio frequency exposure can be absorbed by the body and potentially harmful. Apple recommends customers using its latest iPhones try the hands-free options like built-in speaker phones and headphones to reduce exposure. Android-type phones top the list of phones giving off the most radiation. Keep all brands of phones away from your ear and head when possible. Men should store a phone in a pant pocket. Women should keep their phone in a purse, pant pocket, but not in their bra. I didn't know this was a thing practice social distancing from phones. Like fasting from food, maybe it's time for a digital detox. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net.
2: As a Catholic mom, I know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Lisa Popchek from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting Catholic parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert help with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to personalized expert support, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along and love the Lord. Downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q and A's, and a supportive community, and tons of other benefits like my MomFidence podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Again, that's CatholicHOM.com. I can't wait to see you there.
1: I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, and I'm Lisa Popcheck, and you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, this is Dr. Greg Popchak. One of the biggest challenges facing newly married couples is when you have your first or your next baby. Here are three steps to help you work out this question together. Step one, ask yourself, what does God want? God has a plan for your family, and the closer you follow God's will, the happier you'll be. Pray about it as a couple, consistently and openly. Step two, practice what the church calls responsible parenthood. Openness to life doesn't mean just openness to conception. It also means meeting the true needs of the children you have. Ask God if you have the emotional, relational, and temporal resources to raise another child happily in his love. And step three, always stay open to what God wants to give. Even if you've discerned that this isn't the time for a baby, avoid the attitude of, we're done. Fertility is a gift. Don't block God's gifts with artificial means. For more guidance on Catholic family planning, visit moretoliferadio.com.
2: Welcome back, and thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak.
1: I'm Dr. Greg Popchak and we're talking about anger today on More to Life on our show titled Blowing Things Up. If you or someone you care about is struggling with anger, if you're tired of discussions blowing up, or you're tired of having to deal with conflict and tension, let's talk it out and find some graceful ways to deal with anger and the angry people in our lives. 877-573-7825.
2: Let's talk with our next caller who's listening to EWTN Radio in Maryland. Hello listener, welcome to More to Life. What's going on?
1: Well,
7: thank you. Uh, I'm one of those uh, Catholics who revere the Latin Mass Mm -hmm. and I'm rather new to it and I don't see myself in opposition to the church Vatican II or anything like that, but I've just found that through the Latin rite, it draws me closer to Jesus. It, it
1: speaks to you. Okay.
7: And um, when I read uh, the, the Martu uh, Proprio of the Pope, and it sunk in, <laughs> I'd say a, extreme anger hmm. came over me, the kind of anger that comes from an injustice. Like if somebody had intentionally shoved me or punched me yeah the and then it took oh, several days for this to settle in and when i heard your description at the beginning of the hour about what a, a wrathful person does mm-hmm. i can't judge the holy father but the actions came across as um, someone who who espouses tolerance uh espouses um you know uh
1: well, look, I don't, want to, I don't want to talk about the Pope so much as I want to talk about, what, how, what, so what has this done to you and what your response to it needs to be at this point? So how can we help you kind of process the anger you feel at this decision and, um, you know, do something constructive with it? What, what questions do you the, have?
7: The that? reason I'm calling is I, I pray uh, yeah. for the Pope, I pray especially for the Bishop. Mm-hmm. This weight has been put on the Bishop's shoulders. But there are a lot of people out there like me, and this is not being addressed and whatever you say to me might be helpful to other people. Yeah, no, of I agree. course. Yeah, I absolutely agree with Yeah, my you. anger was originally just a kind of righteous what are you doing to us? Why mm-hmm. are you attacking The shock
2: of it all. Yeah. Yeah, and and
7: our priests ask us to pray for the pope. They ask us we're, we're not <laughs> because you like the Latin Mass doesn't we're, we're painted as some sort of radical tra- uh, traditionalist.
1: Sure.
7: And we're not. You know, we're just devout Catholics who Okay. And, and that's, so, what, I wanna, that's uh, what I want I, you to focus what I, on. What so, I've done is I pray yeah. for the Pope and for my bishop, and, right. and I ask for forgiveness for any anger I feel, even though it pops up from time to time.
1: Okay. No, and I think that, you know, look, we we wanted to take the call because there are a ton of people who are in your position. And it's funny, you know, what I've seen and I think is really interesting is that uh, I've read from uh, articles, blog posts, other posts from a lot of people who've never been to uh, to traditional Latin mass who still think this was a heavy handed uh, and difficult message to receive.
2: And at the very least, a bit of a shock.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's it's not this doesn't just affect people who are. who are um, devotees of, of the traditional Lenten Mass? It, it it kind of goes to the whole idea of of church governance and pastoral practice and all that. So it's, it's there are big issues here. Um, so I understand your anger, and again I understand um, this is why we want to take the call. There are lots of other people in your this situation. So again, what's the difference between wrath and rightful, righteous anger in a face of, of what you might experience as an injustice? Wrath is a, is, a, is a response that is not word to the problem, not working for the good of the people involved, and is inappropriate, disproportionate, or unproductive. Where, where righteous anger is a response to what you perceive as an injustice that intends to work for the good of the people involved, intends to address the actual problem, and is appropriate, proportionate, and productive. So as you process and pray through this anger, I really, and as you pray for the Holy Father, as you pray for your bishop, you know, I want you to pray, ask God for guidance on how he wants you to respond to this in a way that will glorify him, that will work for the good of the church, and that will help you be your best self. And what I would also suggest to you is that anybody who is in this position who is affected by this, yes, I would like you to write to your bishop, but here's how I want you to do it. I want you to write an angry letter to your bishop complaining about this and that and how wrong it is and, defend and being defensive. Okay? I want you to, to witness to your experience. I want you to tell why that style of worship means so much to you, how it is bringing you closer to God and to the church, how it is in, in enabling you to have a deeper relationship with God in the church, how it is um, you know, just helping you grow as a person and as a, as a child of God. Tell your story, right? Tell what it means to you and, and just respectfully ask your bishop to, res- to respect your story and respect the grace that you've received through this and to really hear you out. You know, if you, if you, he, you know, the bishops are expecting to get like rage filled letters, you know, ripping them up one side and down the other. And, and, and if you do that, you play right into the characterization. Don't do that. Tell your story. Be humble about it. Be honest about it. Be vulnerable about it and just tell the story. Um, we've, as we've seen in the response from several bishops, um, the local ordinary has the right to say for the good of his diocese, um, that, that, that things will not change in the diocese. So there, there is some wiggle room, uh, it, at least it appears from the early responses from at least a half a dozen bishops that I've seen so far. So your bishop does have some choice in this. So it would seem, I'm not a canon lawyer, you know, don't, 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 don't bet your house on what I just said. But, but at, at this point, from what I'm seeing, that seems to be the case. So tell your story. Tell it humbly, tell it vulnerably, tell it honestly, tell it respectfully. But tell your story write your letter to the bishop in that tone that really speaks to how this has drawn you closer to God and to the church and how, it w- how painful it would be to have it taken away um, and ask him to respect that. Now the other thing I'm going to say, and this, is, this last bit will be a cold comfort, but it, it should be a comfort anyway, and I want you to really take this to prayer. Please do remember that even when we can't participate in the Mass in our preferred way, Jesus Christ is still present at the Mass. And that is why we go
2: fully present body, blood, can, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. I am,
1: I'm not minimizing at all Mm-mm, how much of course not. The traditional Latin mass means to you. I'm not minimizing that at all. And I understand your pain, but at the bottom of it, we've got to keep reminding ourselves that we go for Christ, not for any of the trappings, right? And that's again, not, I'm not, I'm not dismissing <laughs> that I, I, I understand, but I'm saying you let's, let's remember why we go. Okay. But speak that pain respectfully, honestly, and vulnerably to your bishop and ask him to respect where you're at with this.
2: Well, and it is only Christ who can who can fix any of this, who can console us in any pain that we have in our lives, especially when that pain involves our church and, and our worship in any way, shape, or form. We go and we, we just pour our hearts out to him and we rejoice in his presence in the Eucharist and that we can actually have that. But I want to go back to it's time to pause and it's time to pray before we react and don't represent God or ourselves well in a situation and that's whenever we feel that injustice. You know, I think if we if we really look at our culture today, over the last year, after over the last few years, with this I, I even deplore the term, the cancel culture. Cancel culture comes from reactivity where we just immediately think something is unjust and so we try to annihilate it as quickly as we can we give ourselves no time to pause no time to think through an effective solution no time for mercy and especially no time for prayer and so taking this pause so that you can write a letter that really does represent what is beautiful to you what draws you closest to god and do it in a place of of love and humility and hope hope for yeah. for for a reconciliation and so, all of that
1: so this. don't let your anger at this um cause you to uh, buy into the caricature that's been made of you you know you deserve better than that and so by 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 uh, by fighting that temptation to give in to the anger and to give in to that caricature that's been made, and just being vulnerable, being honest, and and being humble in your response, but telling your story, don't just keep to yourself, um, that's the best way to kind of fight against what you perceive as this injustice. I hope that's helpful to you and, and to others who are listening who are in this situation. Our hearts really are with you. Um, oh, I would much. completely understand. Uh, and as I said, many people who don't even go to traditional mass have been surprised by the tone of this multi-proprio. Uh, and are concerned kind of about the pastoral practice and the other things that went into it. So it's a perfectly reasonable question. Thank you. 877-573-7825. We're talking about anger today on More to Life. Let's go. uh, We're going to take a break, so it's time for our scripture of the day, which, uh, I'm sorry, comes to us from James chapter 1, verse 19.
2: Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger now that's hard to do the slow to anger because we do often react and flare up it's our our fight or flight reaction when we perceive an injustice when we perceive some danger to something or we love or to ourselves but james is really talking here about something that is you know from all the way back to scripture time wisdom itself because when we can take that moment And hear, be quick to hear what other people are saying, but then slow to process it, think about it, and think about how to bring justice and mercy and God's love into it before we speak, before we react in anger. Things go much better and bring God's love and mercy and justice into the situation. It's what we've
1: been talking about this whole show. Anger is not a call to action. It's a call to to prayer. And so that's why we can be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to act on our anger, as James recommends. With that, we've got to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about your own anger and the angry people in your life. Let us help you face anger gracefully. 877-573-7825. More to life will continue right after the break.
6: One of the reasons we should go to mass is because it is the food of the saints that we receive. And for the saints, they understood rightly that the time after Holy Communion, that those moments are the most precious moments of our lives. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from the EWTN Chapel, every morning, eight Eastern, on EWTN Radio and Television.
0: This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Your search for affordable health care stops here. Since 2014, CMF Curo has provided Catholics with affordable health care sharing that goes beyond insurance. With programs that cost less than many COBRA and ACA-sponsored plans, CMF Curo is a Catholic health sharing experience that enables you to live fully alive while saving money. Call 1-833-GET-CURO to find affordable Catholic health care now. That's 1-833-GET-CURO. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that
7: life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal
0: Ministries' YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net.
2: Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popcheck. I'm
1: Dr. Greg Popcheck. We're talking about anger today on More to Life, both yours and other people's anger, 877-573-7825.
2: Let's talk now with Andrea, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Maryland.
1: Andrea, welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out? Hi, Dr. and um,
4: Mrs. Popcheck. So um, I'm feeling this Episode. The, this today's show is just talking to me this morning. I just got back from a trip where um, I haven't had a fist fight with anyone since I was probably in middle school. Um, <laughs> this weekend, <laughs> um, I was I was with my son who's getting ready to deploy. Um, you know, for about I don't know seven or eight months um, in a week or two and I was visiting with him and my daughter. We were just having a great time, very emotional, very connect, you know, just... <laughs> we're walking by, um, you know, an area where people were drinking and some woman randomly says something out loud and me in trying to defend or protect my son, you know, said something back out of wrath. And it turned into a big <laughs> um, ugly scene. Um, fortunately, like, you know, no one, no one was hurt, but, um, you know, she came up and shoved me and I shoved her back and it became this ugly thing. Um, next thing you know, my kid, my son is trying to like break everything apart and, um, you know, her friends and family are telling her, what are you doing? You guys are embarrassing us. Like we were both, I guess, in a very emotional a fist fight in the middle of San Diego. Everything. Oh my gosh. Um, So, um, okay. yeah, and I'm on the ground, and I think she was inebriated. I, I really do think she was because the whole thing started out. I think she might have been embarrassed. She was trying to open her car door, and I don't know. Um, next thing you know, it turned into that. And I, I might have said something that sparked her coming over to me and shoving me.
2: So... Um,
1: So where are things things at now? I mean, obviously a horrible experience.
2: Where can we help you with all of this in the aftermath that's going on in your heart and mind? Well, that's it. It just feels so,
4: like, I I felt horrible about the whole thing. You know, um, the way I reacted to begin with, you know, could have avoided everything. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything to the lady who was being very loud and obnoxious. um in the moment i probably looking back i should have just said well do you need help are you okay like maybe i should have taken it another way maybe i should have prayed about it but i didn't i just said
2: something you know that set her off
1: and you were hurt okay
2: you know andrea first of all my my sense from what you're saying you know woman to woman mom to mom here is that you went into what i call mother bear mode You know, here's your son that's about to deploy. Please thank him for his service from us. Um, And she triggered something that made you feel very defensive of him, and it took you to a place where you flipped your lid. I don't know if you were listening earlier, but Greg was talking about, you know, when we lose that rational ability to to keep ourselves under control. So saying, maybe I should have done this, maybe I should have done sure. But in that moment, you reacted. Now that it's over, and this is not somebody you're going to see all the time, I want you to do two things. If you haven't already, take yourself off to confession. You know, really receive the grace of this so that you can can put this behind you in a way that allows you to have God's grace working clearly in your life. So that in the next step, you can say, if this ever happens again... And it certainly may with, you know, the tenor of the world right now. How would I handle this differently? The third thing I'd love to see you do is have an honest conversation with your son about how he's trained to hold his emotional control as a member of our armed services. Because these, these wonderful people who try their best to keep us all safe and, and keep our world working are trained often in when somebody's provoking you, what do you do? to not just go off and so he might have some real insight into how his mom can tap into his training so that when you're put in a place where you're feeling like you're the mother bear you've got to defend your cub even if your cub is there defending the rest of us you know how to handle it better so first obtain the grace of going and making a good confession about this and then really ask yourself and God in prayer how to handle this differently and see if your son has any insight. That will leave you feeling like at least you've learned from this experience and aren't likely to repeat it.
1: I mean, you know, the reality is, and so like you said, this is not something, this is not habitual. You, the last time you were in a situation like this, you were in middle school. Now, you're not getting you into not,
2: bar brawls every yeah. Saturday night because it's fun for you. you, know, you were, you're not you were that, in that in a person.
1: heightened emotional state. It was, your son was being deployed, it was, you know, you were, you were kind of on your last resources there and then yeah. somebody provoked it. it. was a truly unfortunate chain of events um, and I think that, that well, the Lisa, the suggestions Lisa is making are, are more than enough to address this. Stop beating up on yourself. Go get the grace that you need. Reflect yeah. on how you'd handle it differently in the future and yeah, you know, apologize to your kids and talk to your son about how, how he handles those kind of provocations in a healthier way too. Uh, and also, as, we, as we've recommended earlier, you know, our my book, Broken Gods, Hope, Healing, and the Seven Longings of the Human Heart, really talks about how we can Stop beating up on ourselves, but still receive that transforming grace of the Holy Spirit that allows us to learn from our mistakes and grow and be grateful for the opportunities God is giving us to learn and move forward. That's Broken God's Hope, Healing, and the Seven Longings of the Human Heart, which you can pick up at CatholicCounselors.com.
2: Let's go now to our next caller who's listening to EWTN Radio in Florida, who's really going through a very difficult situation. Hey, listener in Florida, welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out? Hi, is this me? (laughs) <laughs> it's you, what can we do for you? It sounds like you've had quite a shock.
3: yeah, quite a shock, and so I'm trying to figure out how to process the anger when it comes about um when you find out something new, when you think you've given grace and you've prayed and you've thought, okay, everybody's where they're supposed to be for a reason. Well,
1: it's, just in the interest of time, because we've journey. got about about three or four minutes here, our screener, so you told our screener sure. that your boyfriend cheated on you, and you're trying to process what that means, especially since you've been talking about marriage and all that too?
3: Yeah, it's basically how you, what do you do when you when you have, you have the person who's in a close proximity and living, not living together, but living very close together uh, in the same neighborhood, and... Um, it's just, it's very difficult. So like well, where does it stand situation.
2: between you and him now? When you found out that he cheated on you, did you cut this off and well, say wasn't... you're not marriage material? Did You said you extended grace. What's happening between the two of you as, as concisely as you can? He
3: lied, and I didn't know that it in all the lies until just recently. And he kept playing me, and I feel used. Um, and when things came about... So uh, are you still in the relationship, me, or did you break it off? no I broke it off um, he yeah it's broken off and it's it's almost as if i don't even exist he's dismissed and it's like it's very very strange i know that it's a codependent narcissist mentality maybe if people throw words around but that's how it feels that
1: it's, so what can we help you with at this point? And I'm glad you made that decision to, to break off the it's relationship. So the I was right concerned decision. about that at first, but but but, but now having broken how do it you off deal with yeah.
3: How do you deal with the anger when it um, you know it's there? I liked your analogy even when it's even for a child with the fist yeah. that I mean in mentality.
2: Well, you know it's it is, it's it's, you, it's anger but it's also it's grief. Like you're
1: not
0: getting
2: Right. I mean, you're grieving. Yes. You're grieving what you believed was the truth. You were grieving your hopes for the future with this person. Feeling angry about this and feeling completely devastated and and grieving is normal.
1: Yeah. No. So you need to give yourself time. You know, the anger is a response to the injustice that you experienced. The grief is a normal experience of this. This is all very new. Um, But, but getting through the grief, I think depends a lot on your ability to trust yourself Mm -hmm. to identify who's healthy to be in relationship with and who isn't right because a lot of times we feel like well gosh i I didn't see that coming i can't trust anybody else the answer to that is not hiding out from other people it's learning who is trustworthy and who is not how can you tell what are those early signs that somebody is trustworthy or not research shows that trustworthy people have four qualities they have the ability to do what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it they have, they, are, they have the integrity to not give offense in the first place or be easily corrected when they do give offense. You know, so they try not to hurt you, but if they step on your toes and you point it out to them, they're like, oh, I'm really sorry. As opposed to somebody who doesn't have integrity, they have to be dragged kicking and screaming to apologize for something. That's not, an, that's not a trustworthy person. Going back to the ability, so it's ability, you know, a person who says they're going to do something, but then, oh, then they have a million excuses for not following up. And then we give them a pass. Well, that's not a trustworthy person. You shouldn't give them a pass. Uh, integrity benevolence is the third quality. They're working for your good consistently, even when it's inconvenient for them. You know, they show up even when it's hard. They they follow through on their promises. They look for ways to work for your good even if it puts them out.
2: And they're actively letting you know that they're working to reconcile this and to make amends for it.
1: And then fourthly, they do all three of those things consistently because, you know, anybody can do those things once in a while, but it's a, it's a trustworthy person who does those things consistently.
2: It's the difference between, you know, when we say consistently, it's not the guy who brings you flowers and candy and says, okay, now everything should be fine. It's somebody who changes their behavior patterns and really works to regain your trust on a consistent, ongoing basis.
1: Ability, integrity, benevolence, and consistency are those four qualities to look for. And you'll see those either played out or not in lots of other areas in your relationship long before somebody cheats on you.
2: You said during the call that you've given so much grace. Don't give so much grace in the future. Let people earn it by their behavior and the way they treat you with respect and justice in the relationship. You
1: give grace to the people who are demonstrating that ability, integrity, benevolence, and consistency, but you call the sinner on. You admonish the sinner who is not consistent in their ability, benevolence, and integrity. Thanks so much for the call. I hope that, I'm hope i very sorry that you've gone through that, and I hope that this will help you moving forward. I also going to encourage you to check out a copy of For Better Forever, A Catholic Guide to Lifelong Marriage, because that's going to give you a sense of the kind of relationship that you want to really look out for. Thanks for the call. And folks, if you are looking for more ways to handle the anger and angry people in your life, check out all the resources we have at CatholicCounselors.com, including Broken Gods. Check it out. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr.
2: Greg and Lisa Popcheck.